I should be pleasant to everyone, but love does not between be the true friend of everyone. Love's lessons are only good. It is not without significance that I call it many by the name of sorry demons. I am destined to love and be loved in turn. I and I intend to prove it by my name. If I can find the exclamation there, there is some significance in the fact that the first part of my name is of golden color. For what is gold is the best. For this reason, highly esteem my name because it begins with that color with which the purest gold harmonizes. And the end of the name calls love to my mind. For whoever calls me by my right name refreshes me with love. And one half gilds the other with the bright gold. For me over with himself. A gilding of real gold is not so fine as that which makes me radiant. And I shall henceforth do my best to be his guilty and shall never again complain of it. Now I love and evermore shall love. Whom? Truly. That's a fine question. Him. Whom love bids me love? For no one shall ever have my love. What will he care in his ignorance unless I tell him of it myself? What should I do if I do not make to him a prayer, whoever decides and may not to ask for it and make a request? What shall I beseech him? Then, nine. Why? Did ever such a thing come about that one should be so forward just to make love to any man? Unless she were clean beside herself. I should be mad beyond question if I utter it, anything for which I might be reproached. If he should know the truth through word of mine, I think he would hold me in a slight steam and would often reproach me with having solicited his love. May love never be so base that I should be the first to prefer a request which would lower me in his eyes. Alas, God, how will he never know the truth? Since I shall not tell him of it, as yet I have very little cause to complain. I will wait until his attention is aroused, if he ever is to be aroused. He will surely guess the truth. I think if ever he has had commerce with love or has heard of it by word of mouth, heard of it, that's a foolish thing to say. Love is not of such easy access that anyone may claim acquaintance by here, say only and without personal experience. I have come to know that well enough myself. For I could never learn anything of love through flattery and wooing words. Well, I have often been in a school of experience and have been flattered many a time, but I have always stood aloof, and now he makes me pay a heavy penalty. Now I know more about it than does the ox of cloth. 
But one thing causes me, causes me despair. I fear he has never been in love. And if he's not in love, and never has been, so then I have saw it in the sea where to see you can take your wood. So there is nothing to do but wait and suffer until I see whether I can lead him by on by hands and covered words. I shall continue his into his share of love, my love and theirs, to ask me for it. So there is nothing about, more about the matter. But that I love him and I'm, and his. If he loves me not yet, you I'll go. Does he does he and she other their complain? Unhappy tonight and worse by day into hiding the truth from the other's eyes. Other's eyes. In such distress they remained a long time in Brittany. I believe until the end of the summer came. At the beginning of October there came messengers by Dover from London and Canterbury, bearing the kind news which troubled him. The messengers told him that he might be tearing too long in Brittany, for he to whom he has entrusted the kingdom was in him to withstand him and had already summoned a great turn of his vessels and friends and had established himself alone for the purpose of defending the city against Arthur when he should return. So that's it guys and I continue later.